0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of, of Two Years Away. Um, we've got Brett here uh, with me, Steve, and we've got a, a special, special podcast for you today. Uh, as you all know, the NBA season starts Tuesday, uh, the quickest turnaround, perhaps, in, in the history of time to start an NBA uh, season. It's but- a, that's
1: a bold, bold statement there, Steve.
0: But uh, but Brett and I are, are thrilled to uh, be here. Be here for you to really keep you uh, in tune on everything uh, that's taking place, so you're ready for your family holiday conversations that inevitably um, come up to talk about the NBA. What we are gonna do today is we're gonna do our infamous uh, thirty teams in sixty minutes. Uh, podcast where you will have um, two minutes on every single team, uh, personalized with a with a special t- touch. Brett, are you excited for this today? You look very excited.
1: I am, and I will say just a quick caveat: it is approximately sixty minutes. Uh, sometimes certain teams do not have two minutes worth of content uh, based on their off season, uh, so just wanna just wanna let everyone know when we inevitably only talk about a team for like forty three seconds. That's why.
0: That's yeah, thanks for pointing that out. That's an important caveat, uh, nonetheless. Um, a, a couple of, a couple of things to, to keep in mind for you guys who's uh, this might be your first time tuning into this. So, in normal years, the way that this thing works is that uh, Brett and I will take a we will we will take um, an eight by eleven sheet of paper and rip it up generally into thirty two pieces and write down um all the teams on them uh on on, a, on 32 kind of ripped up sheets of paper place them all into a a hat usually a baseball hat um and we will just simply pick teams out of the hat and that's kind of how we determine order there's there's no order to it now obviously with uh the world the way it is unfortunately brett and i are, are not in the same place so we've kind of had to split the duty this year so uh So Brett has the, the Western conference. I've got the Eastern conference and we're going to kind of go back and forth. Um,
1: It is is important to note also that we, we each have our own hat this time. Yes. uh,
0: Yes. Yes. So don't worry about anyone concerned about (laughs) how that would work.
1: I I did briefly entertain the idea of each of us having an an additional hat and then picking who was going to pick out of their hat. But that was way too convoluted. And, uh, really kind of goes against the purpose of this episode, which is uh, a quick snapshot of the league. So,
0: yeah, The other important kind of surprise uh, feature that we're adding this year is uh, within each of our hats, though, we have the the Supon segment and the Fire That Guy kind of segment, each occupying a sheet of paper as well. So uh, you may not know when, when that's coming your way, but it's, it's coming in here uh, within the... Uh, the the thirty teams. So in fact, it it will likely be uh, thirty two snippets, uh, perhaps in in sixty minutes. So that should be exciting as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but with that, before we dive in, as we do um, at the beginning of every podcast, Brett and I are going to talk about how we have been running the damn ball recently. So Brett, you wanna you wanna open us up here?
1: Yeah. So uh, as some of you may know, I have recently finished uh, my law school finals. Uh, and I've just been running the damn ball by like, just really, relaxing this last week. It's been, you know, six days since I finished my finals and it's just been a lot of hardcore chilling. So, uh, not a lot, you know, been getting back into running, uh, and it's, it's been, it's been a nice, a nice reset.
0: That's awesome, Brad. Congratulations on on your first semester of law school. We're all really proud of you. Thanks, bud. Uh, well, in, in a little bit of a, not not uh, not contrastingly, but definitely in a little bit different uh, type of a, uh, a running the damn ball segment. I built a shelf this weekend, um, which you could, that also could have kind of moonlit as my soupon segment too. But um, hey, you know, everyone's out here building shelves these days. So that's kind of just what you need to survive now. So yeah, I built a shelf too. Nice.
1: Nice. It's, 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 uh. Holding together,
0: it has not broken yet. That's so, good. Yeah, you know, we're, good. We're, we're yeah. We're one day and it's still standing.
1: Hey, you gotta you gotta take these things one day at a time.
0: Take take what the defense gives you, as they say. Ex- right. Exactly, exactly. All right. Well, um, with that, we will we will jump right in because we we uh, we to try to be as efficient as possible. Um, do you want to do you want to do the uh, the first honors today? All right. So
1: with the first discussion of our of our episode we have and i will as soon as i say the team name i will start the clock we have the sacramento kings um so yeah you know they, they basically return the same core uh De'Aaron fox is on i believe the first year of his rookie extension um a you know they add um Tyrese Halliburton in the draft. Um, they've got Marvin Bagley. Buddy Heald is on a really big extension now. Um, I mean, is there any reason to believe that this season will go like they were good enough to make the bubble last year? Is there any reason they're any better than that this year?
0: Uh, no, no. I uh, but but you know you don't know. Fox could take a jump. Bagley could take a jump. Like I don't think that means that they're 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 a, they're a playoff contender. They are. Um, it it wouldn't be a bad year if they missed the playoffs again, but it would be a really great year if they kind of find their way in. I they they've been close now for a couple of years. I know things are super, super tight, you know, there, especially for those last couple of playoff spots in the West. Um, they're fun. They're a lot of fun. Um, but I just I don't know if they're a top eight team in the West. And that's that's really the next step for them.
1: Yeah, I'm i I'm with you. And I think like this is I think this is the year more than others that we'll see their just absolute failure to attract any free agents and hit on most of their draft picks over the last five years, like really kind of come to fruition because, you know, Fox is great. Heald's a nice piece. If a bit overpaid Bagley is still kind of figuring things out. Um, They have Harrison Barnes question mark. Like, you know, Rashawn Holmes is fine, like, but that's not, that's not enough to get you to the top eight. So I think, yeah, they're kind of in that purgatory of like not good enough to make the playoffs, but not bad enough to really kind of fall apart.
0: And I will say Rashawn Holmes is free to order Uber Eats whenever and however many times he wants to this year. Um, and with that, uh, first, first team from the East here is, ah, the Knicks. Tom Thibodeau is the coach of the Knicks, isn't he? Tom
1: Thibodeau is the coach of the Knicks. And uh, no one's been able to really explain to me why, besides the fact that, name, he's he's Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. Um, well.
0: Thankfully, RJ Barrett's not a rookie anymore, so he'll, he might get to play. But uh, I, I don't know about any—I don't know about any of their other real rookies,
1: right? And that's the thing. I, I mean, Obi Toppin's going to be a lot of fun to watch, but you know, he—he—he's not an elite defender. And even though he's a really good, he'll—he'll he'll immediately come in as an NBA ready, like offense, offensive talent. But like, I mean, they're not just going to play Julius Randall all season, are they? <laughs> I
0: mean, they might. <laughs> yeah. No. I, like Tib- Tibbs, at least for the first 20 games, is going to try to win all of them. And you know what? Like he might go like 8 and 11 and get people, get yeah in 8, 11, 8 and 12 and, and get people excited there just because, yeah. of, because of the fact that he's Tibbs. Now, okay, I think one thing like Tibbs' defense when he was in Minnesota was very like fraudulent, you know, so that that um, the myth of him as just like a defensive guy, you know, I, I don't know. But, um, gosh, this is going to be fun to watch, at least at the beginning.
1: It's going be, to be so weird. And it, it's interesting because on paper, like, Obi fits really well next to Mitchell Robinson, right? Their skill sets complement each other extremely nicely, which is, you know, a shame because they're never going to actually play together this year. Um, this is another team where it's like, all right, they drafted Kevin Knox. He sucks. They drafted Nitalikina. he did He never really developed. Uh, Alfred Payton's not very good. R.J. Barrett's historically inefficient, but also the only you know, one of the only decent players on that team,
0: but we're high on, we're high on top. I'm high on top. I I am too. And actually
1: Alec Burks is a, is a kind of nice under the radar sign or Alec Burks is kind of a nice under the radar signing. So yeah, that's, that's, that's our time on the Knicks. Unless you have one final thought.
0: You're moving on.
1: (laughs) That's what I thought. All right. We now have the Houston Rockets, Um, you know, coached by Steven Silas. Now, um, who by all by all accounts is a, a knowledgeable coach, and I think once the James Harden drama gets you know resolved to some degree, he'll have a clearer picture of what this team is actually gonna be. Um
0: But yeah, I mean they have Boogie. But, okay, but hang on, hang on to that for a second. So once let's assume like they resolve the Harden thing within the first like ten or fifteen games this season yeah. and they trade him. Like, do you think Wall and Boogie could win them more games than they like would want. I'm kind of I'm kind of looking forward to like watching those two together.
1: I am too. I'm just like, is is Boogie gonna be healthy? Like, he's, no, well,
0: he's yeah. I mean, obviously, if he's yeah, not, Like, are they right. two gonna be healthy? But like, when healthy, that like yeah, so no. Eric Gordon in there, and that's still kind of like a fun team. Yeah, but,
1: Daniel House. I mean, they're also you know our favorite team because they have Bruno Cabaclo. Um, right. You know, it's not going to be the same. Like people will li- like watching the Rockets more this season because it's not going to be stand around and watch James Harden just, just take step back threes all the time. Like PJ Tucker is still good. They have Christian Wood. Christian Wood is good. Um,
0: I still that 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 was still mind boggling.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's it's. I it, they just have a bunch of like shooters, and it's like all right, that can. They can do things for
0: you quickly on on Houston. Are they are they play like? There's no way they make the playoffs this year, right?
1: As, unless they like end up with Ben Simmons, and actually that would be very interesting. But you know, unless they unless they get a really good return for Harden with someone that can play immediately, no.
0: All right, yeah. So just watch out for the Harden trade, but really, yeah. that's that's nothing else. Kind of moves until that happens with this team, exactly. All right, moving on to team number two from the East. We have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, ugh. Okay, so maybe the, the question with this team is, are they the worst team in the Eastern Conference? <laughs> uh,
1: yes, yes. No, maybe. It's either them or the Knicks.
0: Maybe the yeah, guess, Okay, so we get we get first full year of J.B. Bickerstaff. So yeah. no. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think, I think they're, they're definitely a candidate for, uh, how many guys on this team can you name? Which is as, as all listeners will know, uh, a favorite game of ours. And I, uh,
0: I, if we tried to play that, it'd take way more than two minutes.
1: <laughs> no, I know. I'm saying that's it's late. It's later on. It's a later on in the season game. And I think, I mean, if you're, if you're the Cavs brain trust this year, uh, you're just you're just looking at this year as like all right, which of these dudes do we actually want to keep around for more than you know, as we actually start to build whatever we think this team can be.
0: Um what what are what's our like view on on Colin Sexton?
1: He's getting better, um at least I think, but it's still wait, I mean there's still no real scoring around him to make him an effective distributor, right?
0: Like I mean no not re- I mean like so
1: yeah. so, so the, your your ability to tell how exactly how good of a playmaker he is is kind of capped I think.
0: Did you know JaVale McGee's on the Cavs?
1: I'm looking at their roster and I had forgotten that until
0: right now. <laughs> but yeah, like honestly this the sad thing is just like you look at their wings and you're like Ugh. yeah, I mean I guess, like maybe that gives Okoro, like an opportunity to get a lot of time and develop Okoro's but that's like, really- a- Thing, yeah,
1: Coro's going to play a lot. If Kevin Porter fixes his legal issues, uh, he'll have a lot of a lot of minutes. Chetty Osman is not really anything to write home about. Maybe Dylan Windler plays this year. <sighs> All right, <laughs> we have to be done with this team. If that's <laughs> that's, about. that's a good place to leave it. Uh, the Utah Jazz. Um, I, so I we, guess
0: like. Big news for Rudy today. Big news for Rudy. That's a big, big contract extension. And like, that?
1: huh?
0: Are they going to regret that?
1: Yes and no, probably. Because, like, it's way too much money to give a guy like Rudy Gobert, but you can't just let him leave. And no one's going to trade for him.
0: Yeah. Like, he, I mean, the the numbers are just sh- so astounding. But I think the fifth year is the player option. So, if you're bad in two years, you really only have, like... Well, okay, I guess if it's a player option, he'll probably take it if you're bad in two years. I was going to say, it's $40 million. I don't think he's, uh... But still, I guess the the point is, and and maybe this is more like a comparison to baseball than anything else, but the life of these contracts, like, I know what the players are getting are just, like, earth-shattering numbers, but it'd be hard for me to see a world where the Jazz are, like, like stuck in purgatory three years from now, you know? Right. And, if, and if they yeah. are, then they just have to suck this up for two more years. That it's like, that's why these contracts can never get like too bad. Unless you get like 40 million a year, like a 40 year old Chris Paul, but that's another story.
1: Right. Yeah. And I mean like, you know, Conley's contract comes off the books after this year. So it, it you know, it could be worse. If, well, also cause Mitchell's extension, Mitchell's extension will kick in. So I don't know. Like, I think there's there's a world in which like, yeah, they probably re- will regret it by the end, but you know, I don't see it like being the reason they can't rebuild.
0: The question, the question for me with the Jazz always comes down to like, what's their what's their track up in the West, you know, because right. they're not in the they're not in the like L.A. Denver, you know, like kind of echelon right now. Even though I guess you know maybe maybe they were like one rimmed-out shot away from beating Denver last year. So maybe maybe that's not necessarily like the truest thing. But, like, yeah. it, it, feel, it feels like they still need to make one more move before they well, can really, like, feel like...
1: I think I think we can't overlook the fact that Bojan Bogdanovic had to miss the entire bubble last year after getting surgery. And, I mean, dude was averaging 20 a game and having the best season of his career. So I think once you throw him back in there and you get... Because that way you can you can bring more consistent scoring off the bench and not just kind of have to run Donovan Mitchell into the ground over the course of an entire playoff playoff series, so I think that'll help. Whether that's enough is another story, but I think you know I think the conference finals are a, a are a reasonable goal for them this year.
0: I think so too. All right, next team out of the East: the Brooklyn Nets. Um, uh yeah, so they they're probably they're probably they're like the the Hollywood team of the of the East this year, I think for sure just you know for obvious reasons. Um with with Kyrie and Kevin Durant both, you know, presumably healthy and going to play a full season together. How about how about this for the the question to kick this off? Are the Brooklyn Nets the favorite to win the East this year?
1: I don't think so. Um, I'd, I'd still say it has to be Milwaukee, um, just based on, you know, them bringing their entire team back together. Cause you know, and I think we've seen this time and time again with these like super teams is they take a long time to gel for the most part. And it's not like, you know, Brooklyn had a, had a decent thing going last year and then totally upended everything to bring in Steve Nash and two guys that were not. Like forged by this team culture, are are getting their their first real playing time for this team, um, and you know for for a, for an organization that has long prided itself on that sort of culture, like it's I think there's going to be a learning period. You know they're still obviously one of the two most talented teams in the East, depending on how you weigh Giannis and and the Bucks, but it's going to take some time to gel. I think. I mean, you know, Karis Lavert's going to have to really. Agree to kind of a backseat role when he's kind of been the go-to guy down the stretch for this team the last couple of years. Um, I mean, you got Joe Harris on a big, big extension. Um, I mean, Jared Allen is still kind of trying to figure out his place, even though he's a really good player. And it's, it's. I think the fit for the first like thirty games is going to be very weird.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a good point. I think on super teams, I think it's uh, you know this isn't. The, the super teams are more like dynamic duos now. You know, and maybe that takes a little bit less time when it was compared to big threes that used to be formed. Um, and I think Durant has proven that he can kind of slide in anywhere, um, just given kind of what he did in Golden State. It's really mm-hmm. me going to come down to Kyrie because he needs the ball in his hands. You know, and, and when, when you're on his team, it's it's the Kyrie show, and you just wonder – because Karis Lavert kind of also needs the ball in his hands. And, you know, Durant is also going to want his share of ice. So, you know, does it just turn into these guys taking turns? You know, and, and can Steve Nash manage all that? I agree with you. I think there's a ton of questions around this team. So we'll see how it plays out.
1: Yep. Yep. It'll be, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. All right. Next one out of the West Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, also another big, uh, how many guys on this team can we name candidate? Um, I mean, you have more of a sense of continuity this year, right? Like, so D'Angelo Russell came in halfway through last year. Uh, so did Malik Beasley. Uh, and so you pair those two with Towns and you've got some semblance of a competent, um, competent offense. Ricky Rubio's back. But besides that, it's just kind of a whole lot of
0: garbage. No, sorry, and and Anthony Edwards,
1: and yeah, you add Anthony Edwards in, and like, but besides that, it's kind of a whole lot of garbage.
0: Well, yeah, no, and and so like, the, yeah, you know, the the question is, what, but if if you named those like five guys off the game, you'd be like, okay, that's kind of like a serviceable starting five, right? Yeah. And so, I, I mean, you know, Towns is a Towns is a great player. You know, Russell is is good. You know, yeah, I guess you don't know what you're getting with Edwards. I mean. It's just a pecking order in the West that's not even like right. near near good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question kind of really comes down to you know what's the future, what's the path up here because the towns want to stay. Um, you know, like it, it, it'd be it'd be cool if Minnesota had a really good team. You know, we we saw I guess early in uh, I guess early in the decade prior to last what it could be like when those teams are good there, but. Um, right now, it it seems like they're kind of stuck in a way without much of a way out, unless Anthony Edwards is a is an All NBA player.
1: And I don't think he will be this year.
0: Not this, this year for sure. No, no. Okay, all right. Uh, next team out of the East, the uh, Orlando Magic. Uh, we will not make the same joke we make every time about the Orlando Magic, uh, but instead, Wait, maybe will, who's coaching them now? I will revel in uh the one draft pick that I got right in our mock draft, Cole Anthony hitting a uh, a game winner in I believe what was their final preseason game a couple of nights ago. Uh but this team has been kind of just been occupying the dead space near the bottom of the Eastern uh I guess in the middle of the Eastern Conference the last couple of years. Um what does that change this year? Like what's what's their what's their what's their game?
1: If they had, if they had Jonathan Isaac healthy for this year, I'd say maybe that that core of, which is a weird core because it's him, Aaron Gordon, and Vucevic. Um, you know that, that and they can kind of take a leap. I guess in Fournier too, but like, and so you know, you you, you think about it, and it's like, okay, Mark Fultz is going to start. You've got Fournier there, and you've got Aaron Gordon, you've got Vuce, and you've got. I don't know, maybe for um, Aminu starts, Terrence Ross, you know, they've got, they've got a few players, but, and they'll probably, again, be the seven or eight seed if I had to, if you, like, made me pick right now, but, I mean, there's just, that's there's, there's like a, a medium floor for them, and then, like, a really low ceiling.
0: Yeah, you see, I actually, I kind of would almost take the opposite part. I think, I think there's, there's not going to be space for them this year. Like, I think this year could be really, really, really bad.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's going to be interesting because, like, Mo Bamba probably won't play for a while, if at all. Um, and just, like, all the guys they're bringing off the bench, it's like they're bringing Al Aminu, James Ennis, Gary Clark, and, like, Terrence Ross off the bench. And, like, does that excite anybody? Yeah, gosh. Gotcha. Like, you know, you'll you'll see what you get out of – like, because Chuma Ukiki didn't play last year, is recovering from a torn ACL um, – it's more time than I thought we'd spend on the Orlando Magic, um, and you know Cole Anthony, I guess, and can kind of give you what he's got, but I this team is not going to be very good. All right, we have the Portland Trailblazers, um, I and I guess kind of kind of similarly to some other questions we've been asking, like like where is this team's ceiling?
0: Well, I, I mean we kind of we kind of found that out 2 years ago. Um I don't think I like I think they have they have a better effort than what they put forth last year. Some of that was just a a function of like injuries and circumstance um with like their playoff seed. But you know Robert Covington nice nice ad. Yeah. Um, and and you, <laughs> the glaring hole in that team last year was just their wings, like wings. powerful, like they just didn't have enough versatility there. You know, you, you know it's, a, it's a unique structure that they have there because you know that like the guards are going to do all the scoring. And so maybe like the wings need to serve a little bit more like specific purpose of like just 3 and D guys or guys that can, you know, defend LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi types. Um, but they don't, like maybe... In a in a uh, playoff series, maybe Covington is like enough to close the gap there, where like they'd actually have a legitimate shot against one of those teams. But it just feels like they're still short of what they need to really be able to compete with these guys.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I mean, bringing back Hood was big, and actually, I thought the Derek Jones Jr. signing was really interesting. Um, and then you've you know you have guys like Gary Trent and and Nas Little off the bench that can give you something. Plus, having Nurkic back for a full season will help. But yeah, the the, the like at the end of the day, they're not going to be better than the Lakers or the or the Clippers or the Nuggets. And I think that's you know the unfortunate truth of,
0: of the Lillard and McCollum era. But I think the the same thing with the Jazz applies. Like they could take one of these. They, I, I, like yeah, they're not going to be better. But like I don't like you. You lace them up and. Yeah, no, you could. I, I, Portland. Portland beat the Nuggets two years ago, yeah. and they won a game seven in Denver. Yeah, and I, I just, I could, I could see them sneaking their way into the Western Conference Finals again. Um, but if, if they did that, it would be in like an underdog way. And uh, you know, if that's what you're banking on, I don't know that you're really like a championship contender.
1: Yeah, that seems fair.
0: All right, to the East again. Um, we are going to do the Chicago Bulls. All right. New coach, new coach in Chicago, but um, similar, uh, similar core that returns. Um, get a few players kind of back from injury last year. You know, and an uh, interesting choice at number four in the draft pick. But I guess the question, I think that Bulls fans are wondering, are just will this team be better than what was put out there in the Jim Boylan era?
1: I think undoubtedly even like watching as we were talking about before the show um just watching the preseason games it's like a total it looks like a totally different team um and so you, you know is the is the 8 seed this year really worth anything eh, maybe but I think the most important thing is you look at this year as like a all right who are we rolling with into the future. Cause all of their young, all of their guys are pretty, you know, the, the core is on the same timeline. So you look and say, all right, like, what do we think about marketing extension? Like, what are we thinking about Wendell Carter for the future? Like are either of them consistent enough to be part of what we want to do going forward. Um, and I think combining that with a, a second year leap out of Kobe white and whatever, you know, you, you know what you're getting from Zach Levine at this point, or, you know, maybe you trade him. Um, that's kind of what this year is about for me more as a Bulls fan than like fighting hard to get the eighth spot.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the eight, what playoff seed you end up is probably like a symptom of of whether the decision was right and not so much something you're I don't think any team aspires to the eighth seed, at least in the East. Uh, no, you're right. But, but I do think, I do think there are some teams where Getting the eight seed would be kind of good for good for them moving forward, and I, I kind of agree with you that I think that would be that'd be good for this Bulls team. Yeah, to me, I mean, you know, can you win a championship with Zach Levine as your best player? I think everyone agrees that the answer that's no. Now, you know, as to what that means as to what you do with him, I don't I don't really know. But um, right now, it it seems like the Bulls have a bunch of good players, and good as in like good. Perspective players. It's not like the, like the Jazz have a bunch of good players, you know. Right. And I'm not saying the Bulls have like the Jazz. I get what you're saying, yeah. yeah. But Carter, nice player. Markin a nice player. White, nice player. But are these guys like you know guys you can roll you know roll lace them up with and like the the Sixers in a seven game series? I don't think the answer is no. So you know that kind of leaves. I'm sorry. I think the answer is no, and I think that leaves this team in, in an interesting limbo position. So yeah, very curious to see um, where they go from here. Yeah.
1: Yep. Aren't we all? All right. The San Antonio Spurs. Um, another one of those teams where it's like, you know, you're never going to like as as we have discussed ad nauseum on the podcast. You never count out the San Antonio Spurs. Um, but I mean, are they going to have enough this year to to make the playoffs?
0: I don't think so. I mean, it'll be kind of like it'll be kind of like last year where they they'll probably overachieve relative to what. Vegas pegs them at, uh, assuming everyone's healthy. Um, But and and you know they're they're gonna they're gonna be good fundamental. You know they're gonna go on a run at one point that everyone's gonna say like, oh, you know why did we count out the Spurs? Um, But it's just this is not. Things are just so so competitive in the West that I just don't think they have enough. The 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 DeRozan like I love DeRozan as a as like a alpha. You know as like a leader of that team. I think that's the Culture perfectly, and they've got a lot of like nice young pieces around him. But I just I don't see it, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm
1: with you. I mean, I really like Dejounte Murray. Derek White's a good piece. Um, I think you know picking Vassell at thirteen or whatever was a really really good get for them. Um, I mean, Aldridge is 35, and you kind of know what he's giving you at this point, and it's it's not enough. To to really be a, a a force
0: in the West at this point anymore with him as one of your best players, you can't just run it back, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, all right, to a more fun team, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so they are everyone's they're everyone's kind of uh sexy pick in the East, and you know for, for good reason. But they were not very good last year, and everyone was kind of saying the same thing last year. And so the question, I guess, is what did they do differently this offseason that they didn't do last offseason?
1: I mean, they spent a lot of money in the offseason. They bring in Bogdanovich. They bring in Gallinari. They bring in Rondo. They're paying Tony Snell $12 million for some reason. Um, And so, you know, you look at that and you say, even last year, like, the Hawks could score a lot. And did, and they just couldn't play any defense. So you're, you're trying to, you know, you're banking on DeAndre Hunter taking a leap as a defender, um, Cam Reddish kind of coming into his own. And you've got, in theory, Tony Snell can sort of play defense. You bring in Chris Dunn, he can play defense. I mean, I, and I think you're, I think more than anything from them, you're just counting on your, your develop, your home developed stars to kind of keep or star and others to keep taking a leap I don't know what the hell
0: they're going to do with John Collins. Like, you can't keep him at this point. Yeah, I, I just, like, and, and to to that point, like, the thing with this team isn't off, I think it's defense. Like, you just can't be as atrociously bad at defense as they were last year, to, to everything that, you, you know, yeah. you just like,
1: and they they were atrocious defensively.
0: In theory, they have the, the, like, they have the raw talent to be able to fix some of that up. Um and, you know, okay, I just think, not to go on, like, a defense in the NBA right now, but, like, the even the, the notion of what good defense looks like is so different now than it was, like, five or seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, like, some of their bad defense is due to just the the pace that they play with, and that's why, like, some of their kind of per-game yeah. metrics look bad. But. Right. They're, they have to. They have to tie some of this stuff if they really want to compete. Because right now they're just kind of like a fun team, like the Kings. They're kind of like the Kings of the East, honestly. Except they can score better. Yeah. Um, all right, you're up, Western. We have Los Angeles Clippers. Ah, uh, the Clippers. Uh, so trouble in paradise.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean. For, for all intents and purposes, you're, you're running it back with the same core. You bring in Luke Kennard. You bring in Nick Batum. You draft Daniel Oturu, which actually I thought was really good. Um, but, and you bring in Serge Ibaka. Right. But like, so, like, you know, on paper, on paper it works, right? Like, you have an elite defensive team with two guys that can go get you a bucket, like, whenever you need problem with last year of Montres Harrell just getting absolutely destroyed by Jokic is fixed because he's gone and you bring in, you know, you can bring in Ibaka off the bench now um, and, you know, you, you can play small with Marcus Morris at the 5 and you've got a, kind of another combo guard in Canard that's a, a good offensive player and should be able to play off of, of Kawhi and Paul George well, but like I mean, it, it doesn't matter like, all of it will be can they get it done in the playoffs? And is there any real indication to think that they can at this point?
0: Uh, Well, I mean, you know, the thing I'll say is that when you um, talk about the playoffs, one of the things that can matter when you're looking at, you know, slim margins is who your head coach is. And I don't think I'm going to say that anything was Doc Rivers' fault last year. But, you know, that's probably... Honestly, the, the change at head coach is probably a bigger change than any, like, roster construction change that they made this year. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't know if Tyron Lewis is, is, is worse or better because, like, I, I think pretty highly of Doc Rivers, even though I know, like, he did some stubborn things from, like, a X's and O's standpoint last year. Uh, but what... Struck me as a as a fan was that they just looked they looked off you know from a mm-hmm. from an emotional standpoint last year in the bubble and you know I don't know no one was right obviously like mentally in the <laughs> this year but um, you know they need Paul George to show up for the playoffs um, they need a coach that puts them in position to succeed and maybe some of these X's and O's thing give them give them a, a better shot against the Lakers um, but. I mean, look at everything the Lakers did. I, I don't know. You know, I just I don't. The the Lakers are still better at this point. Yep, I'm with you on all that. All right, um, uh, to the East, the Charlotte Hornets. So the Charlotte Hornets' biggest off-season move this year was ran. Well, I guess to Gordon Hayward. Yeah, well, I was gonna say I was gonna say Gordon Hayward, but then I would, I remembered that Lamelo balls now on their team, um, and so um, unfortunately that means less time to shine for our favorite player Terry Rozier. But yeah, I mean Gordon Hayward, you know, I mean like so what what are what are the Hornets doing here, Brett?
1: Um, so first of all, I I did in public call Terry Rozier Tito Three Sticks yesterday, and nobody had any clue what I was talking about, and I tried to explain it, and it, that went even worse. So. I will continue to call Terry Rochier Tito three sticks, much to the confusion of everybody around me. However, um, I don't really under like I get. I mean, I think we talked about this last week or last episode, but like Gordon Hayward is one of the biggest free agent acquisitions for the Hornets ever, uh, which says a lot. But like I just. They could have spent twenty eight million dollars better, I think, like and now he's hurt, right?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: I don't know who else they would have signed for, for that money, but, like, I just – he doesn't fit the timeline of anyone they want to, to bring in. He's the oldest person on their team by, like, a full two years, and that's older. That's, you know, the only the, – the two guys that are listed as 28 are Bismack Biabo and Cody Zeller. So I just really don't get what tying up your – your money
0: long term in him does. I, th- I think just sorry not to change the subject. Right. I, I think LaMelo, like the the whole like LaMelo show being in Charlotte could actually be kind of like a, a blessing for him. Just 'cause he's he's gonna create all these you know, he's not gonna play on national T V very much. He's gonna create all these like highlight reel clips and he's gonna do it in like a low pressure situation in in Charlotte where like they're not expected to be good. Um I think this is perfect for, like, if, if the LaMelo show is kind of the biggest thing the Hornets can have going for them this year, that's, that's great.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they, they, they do have a, like, you know, I like Miles Bridges. Devontae Graham had a really good year last year. P.J. Washington is good. And they got Big Vern. And they got Big Vern. Like, you know, there are a couple interesting pieces, but, like, they're nowhere near good enough to actually be good. Right. So... Yep, go Charlotte. Although consistently the best uniforms in the league. Now that they brought back the teal. So they got that going for them, which is nice. All right. All right, in a departure from regular show tradition, it's time for fire that guy. Um, which is the segment where you know, we we fire people that that deserve it. So uh Steve, what do you got?
0: Okay, Brett, you're you're not going to like this, but I am going to say it anyway. So, I want to fire the the notion that you can have a successful game announced when the announcers are calling it from home. Um now, I know that there are um obvious circumstances that and I I want to be careful about using the word require because you know, they're they're like there's what what doesn't make sense to me is there's some sporting events where announcers are there and then there are others that aren't and even within the same sport there's kind of it's kind of inconsistent treatment and I think what I've noticed from watching these early um these early like a lot of college football games and, and college basketball and even some of the NBA preseason games is it just it does not work the announcers are kind of like a a second or two behind the action it it feels disjointed and weird and then you open yourself up to all of the kind of technical stuff too I don't even like the fact that the play by play announcers are doing the halftime shows and all these and so i think like look you know i i know we're we're trying to expose the least amount of people possible uh but i feel like at the same time you know there's large you know traveling crews going to these games i uh i think it it could be doable to uh send announcers into these stadiums too. Um, and that is going to be my unpopular take from your point of view. Right. Who are you firing? Um, well,
1: so I, th- I think part of it is like with, with, with respect to yours, like it is just, oh, it's the individual like building that makes the rules. Very so.
0: true. Different, there's different yeah. regulations, but state by state. Yeah.
1: Totally. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't think I talked about this on the last episode, um, but I would like to read you a headline, um, from, and, uh, you'll have to, you'll also have to get, oh wait, I, it gives it away in this. Okay. Headline from October 30th reading black leopard malls, Florida man who paid $150 to have quote full contact experience. So not like this guy needs it, but I, in addition to all of the injuries he suffered, he should be fired also. Um, this guy paid $150 to, uh, basically just play with a leopard and, like, it just, like, fucked him up. Because <laughs> leopards are wild animals and you shouldn't mess with them. They're very dangerous. Um, in, case, some, in case there's anyone out there that wasn't aware of that, by the way. Yes, yes, in case, yeah. But, you know, there's this dude who just runs a animal sanctuary out of his backyard. And some dude gave him 150 bucks and then lost most of his face. Um, so, yeah. Arm, arm is a bitch i is that karma or just stupidity i really don't know it's both okay i'll allow that um so yeah you know that's that guy that guy needs to be fired for a lot of reasons
0: all right back to the east thank you for Uh, no it's
1: my it's my turn it's my turn we just talked about the hornets
0: no you just did you just did oh i just did fire that guy oh yeah (laughs) so sorry about that well this is gonna be this is gonna be quite ironic it's great that we're doing this randomly but i i just picked our jeff soupon segment so we're gonna stick with the fun segments for the middle here
1: all right um yeah so you know whoever uh for those of you that don't know it's uh we're paying homage to the patron saint of the podcast jeff soupon talking about any and everything average in our lives um so i don't know i think what uh, i'll go i'll go um So kind of in the vein of what I was talking about when I was running when I was talking about during the running the damn ball segment, um, doing nothing all day is extremely average. Um, Like, it's great. Like, I'm sleeping. I'm, you know, I've got some stuff I need to take care of. But like having zero structure to my day is like kind of a lot. Like, you know, you you, you roll out of bed at like it's like Wednesday and you roll out of bed at 1030 and it's kind of go about getting coffee and like eating some breakfast. And then it's like, all right, it's like almost noon and I have done nothing so far. Like, all right. Like I've got a couple things to do, but it's just, it's just very like, it seems like the days take forever, but also like they go by extremely, extremely fast. So, uh, yeah, I like having some structure in my day, it turns out, and not just like of several weeks of, of not having to do anything. So doing nothing all day,
0: very average. You are all of us uh, this year, Brett. So I uh, certainly appreciate that. All right, I'm going to go a little bit more basketball-centric for my coupon segment. Um, and I'm going to talk about uh, a friend of many podcasts, I feel like. I'm going to talk about Kyle Guy. Um, I don't think there's anything more average in anyone's career than hitting a buzzer beater in, a, in an exhibition game. that doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what Kyle Guy did. Uh, many of you famously know Kyle Guy for his um, stardom in the uh, 2019 <laughs> NCAA Tournament for the, quote, defending champion, Virginia Cavaliers. Um, you know, he was at the center of um, controversy and, and fame um, surrounding their uh, championship run. And uh, he was, again, at the center of things <laughs> for a uh, midweek uh late uh evening king's game uh earlier this week when he made a three at the buzzer to beat the warriors um, and so a cow guy uh just an average guy like the rest of us um hitting buzzer beaters in in exhibition games, just like the all of us that play pickup games that don't mean anything to I respectfully disagree that pickup games don't mean anything. And that uh, and that concludes our supon segment. Thank yeah. you all yeah. for listening.
1: All right, now we have the Dallas Mavericks, which one of the more I feel like intriguing teams coming into this season, just in terms of like you know you you get a full season of in, well actually no maybe not. this poor thing is hurt isn't he and, always hurt yeah I think okay so I mean you have you have another year of, of Luca doing Luca things which is awesome um I mean, he's he's amazing um, and you've started to see them really kind of build out this supporting um, supporting cast for him and I think you know when, when we look back on at the end of the season one of the more underrated uh, free agents acquisitions will be signing Josh Richardson because um, To to basically to replace Seth Curry, um, except he's taller, not as good of a shooter, but he's more of a complete player because, you know, better defender and all that. Um, you know, Jalen Brunson's back. Dorian Finney-Smith is, is interesting. Tim Hardaway Jr. Still around. Um, so they have a bunch of like solid role players. If, you know, Dwight, if Dwight Powell heals up, that's, that's a good, a good, you know, reacquisition for them. Um. So yeah, I think I think they got a lot better this offseason. Um I'm interested to see what Luca can kind of pull out of his magic hat this year.
0: Yeah, well so I think one of the one of the things that's interesting to debate in at least when you think about NBA team structure, is kind of can you be a legit title contender when your best player is your point guard? And I feel like you know, unless it's Magic Johnson or someone that's more of like a point forward, you know, usually the answer is no. And I know like Luca's not a, you know, he's he's probably more point forward than than point guard, but he doesn't defend like a, a point forward would in these days. And so where they really seem thin is so they seem they seem th- super thin in two places. A just wing defenders, you know, and I know like Finney Smith. Then you know maybe Richardson will help like a little bit with that too, but especially what. When you, when you, uh, when, like, Porzingis is your four, like, they just, all they're going to have to do is score to win, and you kind of saw that, um, you kind of saw that anyway um, in, in this in this bubble season. So, like, Luka is so good, you know, so much fun to watch, so everything, but, like, and their defense, like, isn't atrocious. We all know that they're coached by one of the best coaches in the game, but... When when you layer that on the fact that there's no real like stout big men back there, like I, I don't want Luca's career wasted on a team that like can't defend and and therefore like can't keep advancing. So I think uh while I I agree with you, I love the Richardson signing. Like I don't know that I don't know if they did enough. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. Um and yeah, I, I think like you always run into an interesting uh interesting like scenario when you're just trying to outscore teams instead of trying to lock down and actually play defense. But, um, you know, maybe James Johnson will fight somebody and give us that.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I had no good ending point for the Mavs. All right. Moving to our next team, Indiana Pacers. Uh, so Oladipo still there. Um, which that was like a, that was a topic of conversation, uh, a lot of this off season for some reason. Um, uh, I would, if, if anyone can name the new Pacers coach without looking it up and, you know, send it to us over an email, that would be fun. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's not Frank Vogel. He's,
1: <laughs> he still coaches, the, he still coaches the magic.
0: Yeah. that's, what, that's
1: there, it exactly. is. there it is. You thought you could get around that one, Steve.
0: An important hit. Thank you, Brett. Um, the, okay, the thing that feels empty about this Pacers team is like they just got trounced by the Heat last year. As as maybe you remember, or you don't remember, but it didn't it didn't feel like this Indiana team was like that far away from honestly like doing what the Heat did. Like you're like you look at this team and you're like, okay, like this is a you know I mean yeah they they don't really match up with anyone like in the West that well, but like I could I could. If you would have asked me, like, of the Heat or the Pacers, who would you, like, expect of that first-round matchup? Like, if you had to pick one of those teams that, you know, would have made a run all the way to conference final, like, I would have been just as likely to pick the Pacers as I would the Heat. Um, and, uh, you know, Brogdon's a nice piece. I uh, suppose, like, they've got, they've got a good starting five that I think can go toe-to-toe with anyone. They just got shellacked. And maybe, you know, the coaching decision was justified as a result of that. But... I don't really know what you do here because, you know, Indiana for, for the last 20 years, you know, winning culture, you know, make the, they, they make the playoffs like every year, but they're very rarely in position to advance and contend. So what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. And I mean, honestly, probably a a good thing for them to do to kind of hit the reset button and, and you know, sort of hit the reset button would have been to trade for Hayward. Um, Cause that way you get, you get miles Turner and I think it was miles Turner and McDermott and whatever, like, you know, then, then Sabonis and, and miles Turner aren't playing this like weird kind of will they, won't they like, can they play on the court together sort of thing? Um, You know, not that that would have like helped them win, but yeah, it's weird because like, you know, Jeremy Lamb is still a pretty good NBA player. He's coming off a torn ACL um, and it's still going to miss the first few months, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, everything is just kind of weird on that team. I, and it's like, they're not, they're not gonna be, but they're not going to beat any of the top other top, like four of the top four teams in the East in a series, but yeah, They should be able to win.
0: Like things could go really bad for them. like they're kind of like the magic where I could see like if the wheels could fall off this year if it like yeah. doesn't doesn't start out well.
1: But I mean, at least on the bright side, like all of their their like name brand players are trade untradeable contracts. So you know, even yeah. though their, their track record of signing
0: free agents is also not very good, but yeah, but also their track record of like. Big trades is not very like that. Paul thing, they, the 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 Paul George thing had to like, you know, that felt like a one in a generation type thing that the Pacers would do. So, yeah, very true. They're in the they're definitely the camp teams that like to just run it back.
1: Yeah. All right. New Orleans Pelicans. Um, you know they they lose Drew Holiday but bring back, you know, they got a bunch of picks back, and they, they, they brought in Steven Adams via, I think, actually that trade somehow. They have Eric Bledsoe for better or for worse, but he's probably not going to be starting. And you you saw Brandon Ingram really take this huge leap last year and really kind of become the player that a lot of us thought he was going to be eventually. Um, and then you've got Lonzo and Zion. So I think there's a lot to like, and I, I, I think they'll make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean like you're I mean Zion and Ingram are like two guys who could be all NBA players next year, you know, if things shake out correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, Bledsoe's probably better in a tertiary to a or or for, it's four it's fourtiery, Steve. Fourtier, thank you. Oh, uh, you can see I was struggling there. Um love love Redick on that team. Yep. You know, and yeah, I, I mean and, and Steven Adams will actually it, you – we're all probably underestimating how much him solidifying the, the back end of their defense will, will help a lot there. I kind, of, I kind of agree with you, actually. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're one of the eight best teams in the West.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because, like, Zion can't really shoot and Steven Adams can't shoot. So I'm interested to see what their splits look like and how those minutes are staggered.
0: Yeah, but, you know, um, I don't – wait. All right. Who's their coach? Frank Vogel. <laughs> uh, who's their coach? Uh,
1: that's a really good question. Um, oh, it's Stan Van Gundy.
0: Oh yeah, no. So, uh, three, uh, three point shooting like doesn't like he'll he'll like have them playing traditional basketball, which would honestly actually be a joy to watch. So I'm excited for that.
1: Um, um,
0: all yeah. right, the the Boston Celtics, um, a a podcast favorite. Um, so with the, with the Celtics, we all know and love the, uh, the, the Tatum and Brown show. Um, I, I don't, I mean, as, as much as somehow bringing in Tristan Thompson was, was interesting, I don't know that that solves their, their big man problem. And uh, uh, Kemba Walker, you know, it, it's, it feels like kind of the same, the same situation as last year. I know, like, we just talked about them losing Hayward. Um, but I see the same outcome that I saw for them last year, which sounds like we're starting to talk like a broken record with a lot of these teams here. Um, and maybe that's just a, a symptom of, of the odd, slow turnaround and the odd, like free agent cycle that took place. But, um, I still see the same problem as they, they need more depth at center, um, yeah. and you know, uh, how healthy how healthy is Kemba Walker to be able to really kind of drag them, you know, when, when he needs to. Yeah.
1: So I think with, with Kemba, like, I, I think he's going to be sitting for, for like a while until he's like all healed up, which I don't blame him for at this point. Um, and you know, the, the the rest of the team is good enough to get you into a decent spot in the playoffs. And then it, it kind of all reverts to what the matchups are going to be like in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, because if you, I'm looking at their big man rotation right now, and it's basically Tyce, Tristan, and and Robert Williams, uh, and I don't, I don't think that gets the job done for you anywhere in in the Eastern Conference. So maybe maybe they'll swing, you know, maybe you swing a deal for someone at the
0: deadline, but it just it, it feels like with this team, like the last five years, they've had like the East is so flimsy that you know you don't like Brown and Tate like are enough to you know just kind of get you there but you know the, with the the frequency with which these guys like keep falling I, I, falling short's not the right word because i don't think there's true expectations of this team of like being legitimate championship contenders because we know how it'd go you know if they uh, go pr- probably pretty similarly to how it went for the heat last year against the lakers but it's just, it, it feels like they're they're always, like, just falling short of what they could achieve, which has to be just disappointing to Celtics fan. But I think also all Celtics fans know that they don't actually, like, have a team in front of them that can really go after them and contend for the title.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with you on that. Um, I mean, I, you know, Marcus Smart's still good. I liked bringing in Jeff Teague. Um, Grant Williams is, you know, could get there, but... Yeah, I mean, it it comes back to really anchoring that defense, and I just don't see it.
0: Yeah, it just makes the Al Horford thing just all the more slow. Yes, you know, yes, because that seems like the, the piece that they need right now.
1: Yes. All right. We next we have your defending champion, Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I really liked their
0: off season. Yeah, I mean what's what's there to say? I mean like they they somehow got better after I think
1: I think the important question to ask is uh have they waived Costas Santa to yet? Uh no. Interesting. I definitely thought they were gonna ditch him as soon as Giannis signed in Milwaukee.
0: <sighs> that's that's funny. Um Yeah, but I mean like even just going down the list, you know, Schroeder, Wesley Matthews um and uh Marcus yeah, all and, and Montrez, Aero. yeah yeah you know i mean god this team's good <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i mean you know it it's it's not like they're invincible by any stretch of the of the imagination but uh yeah they're going to be a they're going to be hard to beat um it's going to yeah it's going to it's going to be interesting to see how how um Frank Vogel, uh, manages the, just the kind of, just the, his rotations. Like, you know, Marcus All is he going to play it all really during the season? Is he just kind of depth for the playoffs? What, how does, you know, AD really doesn't like playing the five for whatever reason. So how is that going to work? Like with Montrez, how is he going to work with Montrez? Um, but yeah, I mean, all these guys, they kind of brought in over the summer, like serve one exact purpose and it's. It's gonna work out really well for them, I think.
0: Yeah, the, I think the the maybe the the more kind of point of intrigue around this team will be the first six weeks of the regular season because yeah. you know they're not they're not gonna they're no. gonna manage their load um, just based on how many games they played and the fact that they're probably facing a quicker turnaround than, than you know they are facing a quicker turnaround than any you know other team aside from the Heat and. You might see them lose some games early because of that um, but uh I don't know i you just I feel like there's with, with like with teams like this you know you win one of them and all it does is is make you want to win it again and I feel like this team is not gonna sit back and be satisfied they're gonna they yeah. they're go full speed ahead to to try to get another one here because they know what it all means to their legacy
1: yep I'm with you on that. I think I think we'll see a motivated Lakers team even if it takes them a little bit to get going just due to fatigue at the beginning of the season.
0: All right. Well, uh to a team that wants um uh once won a championship in the midst of the Lakers' dominance, the Detroit Pistons. Um so, the Detroit Pistons probably win the award for wackiest offseason of...
1: I don't think there's
0: a probably about it, except for the fact that they had a nice draft. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Jeremy Grant, that... I mean, we could probably spend two minutes just talking about why the hell he wanted to go to Detroit. But maybe we start there. Um,
1: Yeah, I, I mean,
0: sure. Like,
1: it, it doesn't, I mean, I guess go where the money is going, but... And I can't, I can't really fault him for for chasing sixty million dollars, but uh, yeah, I, I like why why does this team exist in its current form?
0: You're, but, get, you're getting into a very that's a very existential question, Brett. <laughs> oh.
1: We can have the, we can have the existential section. Yeah, you know, we can we can do a segment on that next time. But no, it's just like more 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 so like why why does it exist? Like like what led the brain trust there to like build the team like this? I mean, it all started with the Blake Griffin trade, and then it just kind of spiraled from there. But like, I mean, why would the, like trading Luke Kennard didn't really make sense either. And then you bring in Plumlee and, and Jeremy Grant on, a, on, like, what, combined $27 million a year?
0: Yeah, and, like, now Jalil Okor's there, and, like, yeah. Josh Jackson's going to, like, hang out there now, too, No knows right. like, who their starting shooting guard's going to be, so that's always going to be, like, a fun game every day. Right. But, hey, I mean, Killian Hayes, no?
1: Yeah, I mean, they drafted Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, and Isaiah Stewart. Like, I think they had a really good draft. Sekou Domboya had moments last year, but, like, why do they have Wayne Ellington?
0: <laughs> and like, DeLon Wright.
1: Yeah, and they signed DeLon Wright for, like, $9 million a year. Like, Derek Rose makes sense to have around still, but, like, that's kind of it. Like, Blake's yeah. making almost $37 million this year.
0: Yeah, it seems like someone just got drunk and, you it, know.
1: It really It's it, But it's, it's, there's more to it, though. It's like they got drunk and then picked names out of a hat. Like... <laughs> It's not even like, like if you if if you or I got really drunk and we wanted to build even a mediocre NBA team, we'd like do better than this. I think. Yes, I'd like to hope so. Yeah. So it just the the, the decision making process that led to like the veterans on this roster is odd.
0: Your Detroit basketball team. Jeez,
1: yeah, it's gonna be a, gonna be a. They're gonna be very bad. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I feel like also, like, so they made the playoffs last year on the backs of basically Chris Paul, Shea Gilders, Alexander, and Steven Adams, two of whom are no longer present in Oklahoma City. And, I mean, they have Al Horford now. Um, George Hill is a, is an interesting piece. Well, wow, there are a lot of, like, very European Names on this roster. Yeah,
0: there's, a, there's a lot of random guys on this team. Yeah. You know, I, I think, okay. Like we all probably are Lou Dort fans after the playoffs last year, but he can't shoot. No, no, he's no, but he's a lot of fun to watch play defense. Um, I don't know what Horford's going to do. He's going to like run around and have some fun. Um, Shay now seemed like a year ago. This was a great place for him to be. I hope he's not trapped here now. Um, right. I don't know, you know, random dude who's now their head coach who no one knows anything about. Frank Vogel. Uh, <laughs> no, not not like Frank Vogel. Um, Mark I, Mark I, Di- Di- Diagonal. Brett, I think this is actually, I think this team's worse than Minnesota. I think they're the worst yeah. team in the West. I agree with that.
1: And so I guess this this year's just like a tankier and then see what we got in, like, Darius Baisley and Ham- Hamadou Diallo and Dort? I don't
0: I don't even know because I think they, they're swimming in, like, 15 first-round picks over the next seven years or something like that that it's not even about this year.
1: But I'm saying, like, I mean, if you want Cade Cunningham or um, Jalen Suggs, like, both of them would be a good addition to this team.
0: Uh, Yes. Yes, that's true. So especially, definitely,
1: especially actually, if you can get Cunningham out of Oklahoma State, but
0: that's actually actually, I never thought about that. That's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, they definitely want to tank. Like, there's no question yeah, about. Yeah, that.
1: they're not trying to win, but oh man, they're going to be.
0: But I don't big. like. Who knows if Shea's even like part of their future anymore? Because like this is just seems like such a. Just I don't know what this. I'm like looking at this roster and I don't know. What How many this picks is. do you think they could get for Shea? <laughs> uh, it would be fun to it would be fun to watch. Him. I don't know. he'd probably get like four. Yeah, uh, yeah. I
1: mean, he's he's really good, and I'm sad that he's stuck on this shit team.
0: Yeah. I know. Um, all right, to another interesting team, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Uh, so this this should be a fun one, right? Um, I guess you get you get Doc as the new head coach. You, as as we just talked about, you lose Horford. Um, you bring in um, interesting signings in Seth, uh, Seth Curry, and and Danny Green. Um, uh, wait, Dwight Howard as well. Howard is on
1: the 76ers. Yep. Uh,
0: so you actually kind of got a team that now looks like it somewhat fits together because you've got like don't like. There's definitely more spacing around Embiid, um, and. You know, they, so I, I think they're they're probably better positioned than they were last year. But what are your initial thoughts on what this team tried to do to make themselves better this off season? I mean, I,
1: I think they're better. Like it's good. It's interesting. It's also funny because like Daryl Morey's a Daryl Morey team with one of its two centerpieces being a guy that just cannot and will not shoot is just funny. But you know, I, I, some of the some of the picks they you know like. I really like thy shake. Milton's an interesting guy. Like drafting Tyrese Maxey was a good pick. Uh, Did you know Dakota Mathias is on the Sixers? He of Purdue university. No, I didn't. Um, Paul Reed was an interesting pick. Like, you know, they've got a lot of long dudes that can, that can play defense. And now they have more of an outside shooting threat, which should in theory, open up the lane for, for Simmons to be at his best version of himself. You know, getting to the basket, making, making plays for others when the defense collapses, it's just going to be, are they, are they going to, are they going to be able to kind of pull it together by the time the playoffs happen? Cause we know they will be fine in the regular, find a good in the regular season. And so it's really like, they just got to get the reps in.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think, um, yeah, you know, I, I I agree on like look they I don't I don't know what I don't know what Daryl Morey's like end game is here like the James Harden rumors are kind of like the obvious ones to to speak on but like no one's got a clue like what he's gonna right. do um, if this team stands as it as it is I agree with you but I think my my biggest thing with these guys is they probably won't stand where they are um, and so if they're gonna make they're they're like the contender to make some crazy move that no one's expecting. Um, and so that's what I would watch out for with like this team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to get too, too good of a read on them when so much is in flux. And we have the Denver nuggets. Um, you know, basically running it back after, after last year, um, you know, an unexpected, shall we say, trip to the conference finals. Um, you know, you've got Jokic doing Jokic things. They brought back Paul Millsap on a significant discount, which will only help. Um, I mean, the big the big thing is going to be like we've talked about with some of these other Western Conference teams. Where's the wing defense coming from? And that's where they that's where they ran into trouble against the Lakers. Um, you know, Michael Porter Jr. doesn't really seem to have any interest or ability in playing defense, but it doesn't matter when you can shoot like he can. PJ Dozier is an inter- kind of interesting dude. Um, Michael Green is there now.
0: Um well okay. Harris so will play. what I what I'll say about this team is that I think this team, probably more than any team in the league, can actually just get better from within. Just given yeah. the and, and I'm I'm really talking about two players in particular, Mike Porter Jr. and Bull Bull. Um, where I think like those guys have the potential to be a lot better than they were last year, and so they can get contributions, you know, that they didn't have last year just from those guys and playing a bigger role. Um, now I think there's a lot of uncertainty about probably both of their abilities on the defensive end i know i know we have talked about this in prior podcasts but i see this team as a contender to make a run at like a bradley beal you know or like i think they're the best position to make a splash with like a blockbuster trade i mean dare yes. i say it like it even james harden um because if you can offer like porter or you can offer Millsap, you know yep. his like Huge contract for like someone interested in an expiring contract. Like, I well, Millsap,
1: Millsap isn't expiring anymore. They resigned him. At, he's he's super cheap now. Um, what did they? He's ESPN saying he's like basically one million dollars
0: this year. Oh, okay. Oh, t- no,
1: I think I, your point still stands though they have enough guys in that like you know the Will Barton to Gary Harris range of salaries where it's like okay we can string something together and make this work if you throw in porter jr
0: yeah uh and oh i didn't realize denver's only the second team that we've run over on what was the other one
1: uh it was like it was like the knicks wasn't it
0: yeah all right my candidate for perhaps one of the most fun teams in the east this year the washington wizards because we've got Russ now. We, we've got. They do Russ. it. They
1: got Russ. They got Beal. They got Thomas Bryant, who like Prince. tried to fight Blake Griffin the other night, or something. Um, I think you know, Davis Bertans can shoot it. Hachimura's getting better. That's kind of it, but you know. And Denny, yeah.
0: Denny,
1: and Denny, and Denny. Yes. Um,
0: I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think. I think
1: they will be. They'll be way more fun than the last few years, and I, I mean, at the rate they're going, they're probably—if everyone stays healthy—they're probably a playoff team. So, you know, yeah, it's—it's it's an interesting—it's an interesting team that shouldn't have any trouble beating up on the really bad teams in the East.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you, they kind of just by. Um... Just by what do you call it? Just by um, making the bubble that seemed to be a huge accomplishment for them. Just the fact that they like weren't like terrible like we were kind of expecting out of them. So yeah, I I agree. I think they're fun, and I think they might actually be able to be good too. But the clock's ticking on Beal, so you know that's what's going to be the thing that people are watching here.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them
0: deal him in the middle of the season. Right. Same, same kind of story as with Harden. So that's yeah. the first domino that has to fall for this team's future. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. All right. The Phoenix Suns. Oh, fun team after fun team. So uh, the Suns, I think, are one of the best eight teams in the West this year. And I'm not just saying that because of their bubble streak last year. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Well, I guess there's so much to there's so much to get to with this team, but I mean, you know, you, I think you just start with you start with Devin Booker, um, and just the 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 string of dominance that he showed at the end of the year last year. You know, I mean, maybe the question with him is is here? How about how about we just let's get right to it? Is he the best shooting guard in the NBA? Hmm. He's up there for sure. He might be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and you know, with, with that, you know, if he really is, and if he's just gonna ball out this year, you know, yeah, I mean
1: then
0: and, and then, you know, you obviously you get to the addition of Chris Chris Paul too. Um and like adding a guy like uh like Jay Crowder. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think this team's a playoff team.
1: It wouldn't surprise me by any by any stretch if they were a playoff team. Um you know, you. I, I again like every other team that's really got this new these new elements. I want to see, especially on the shortened offseason uh, with with minimal exhibition games, how they're how they're gelling with Chris Paul. But it's all indications seem to be that it's a it's an interesting it's a it's not interesting. It's a it's a good fit. Um, you know, Macal Bridges is going to be able to kind of slide in and take over the Kelly Oubre role. Um, maybe it'll slight slight decrease in scoring, but the defense he brings adds so much that it it won't matter. Um, I am really interested to see what DeAndre Aiton's development continues to look like. Um, if he can consistently knock down a couple outside shots for these guys, um, that's going to be huge. And you know, you, uh, I forgot Tyrese Rice is still on the Suns. Um, and then you know, you bring in you draft Jalen Smith, and and that's more more kind of room to stretch the floor and let Aiton go to work in the post too.
0: Yeah, Phoenix Phoenix Suns. Uh... We'll Good team. Watch, them, watch them whenever they're on. Um, all right, so the, ter- the Toronto Raptors, um, kind of a, a team in a little bit of, of no man's land right now. Um, you know, losing Gasol uh, is unfortunate because uh, I think that's, uh, that's kind of a, a glue that um, was very important for them in the playoffs, as was Serge Ibaka. But I mean, you look at kind of the the core of I mean, the Siakam, Van Fleet, Lowry—they're all still there. And then you know, Ananobi took a huge a huge jump as well. But I'd have to think this team this team takes a step back um, just with what else is coming in the East and and what they lost down low.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. You, you they bring in so they brought in Alex Len and Aaron Baines, and that should be a decent substitution for Marc Gasol. Given that he wasn't really playing that much last year, but losing Ibaka, I think also hurts, like you said. Um, so maybe maybe that's not quite all the way there. Um, but yeah, it's it's like a weird, like you know, Siakam was expected to kind of have this huge breakout last year, and like he was good, and he's still getting better, but it's you know maybe not what everybody really thought that he would be um getting van vliet re-signed is is a good win for them his development has been really good um but yeah i mean lowry's 34 and you kind of wonder what the future of this core like i mean are they going to re-sign Ananobi? like what's what's gonna
0: yeah i think i think they're they're uh unfortunate one of the the losers of on sense staying with milwaukee because i think they were in a position to make a make a big play for him Um, so now, you know, and in fact, a lot of the 2021 free agents are kind of off the board now too. So they're a little bit stuck in the near term. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, they'll
1: be, they'll be fine. Um, they might win, you know, they, they, if, if they ended up in the conference finals, would it shock me? No. Uh, but I don't, I think they're, it wouldn't shock me.
0: Like, I don't know. I feel like they slide under Philly and Boston and Brooklyn and I don't know. I think they're like a seven seed this year, honestly. So yeah, I, I was absolutely.
1: a little bit shocked. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Um so yeah, they're they're getting, yeah, they're they're definitely not in a great spot right now, but there's not really much they can do about it. Um we have the Memphis Grizzlies. Um so knowing that they're they're going into the year with um they're going into the year down Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, but, you know, you have a second year of Ja Morant. You have Brandon Clark continue to develop. Um, D'Anthony Melton turned into a decent player. Valanchunas and, and Justice Winslow. You know, I don't know. They're, they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year, right?
0: Yeah, This I was going to say, like, this is one of these where, like, you did. Did we get tricked into something last year? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't
1: think I don't know if tricked is the right word. I think that it was just like an advantageous scenario for them to make the bubble last year, especially like, you know, job ja played way better than everyone thought he was going to be. Jaron Jackson Jr. was pretty good. Dylan Brooks had a good year, like everything kind of aligned for them to have a good season just to kind of fall apart when they got to the bubble.
0: Right, and I just, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I like look at this team, and the more you look up and down the roster, you're like, eh, is this like is this team even better than the Kings? Um, I don't know. I mean, John Moran's awesome, like you know, um, and I think we'll continue to be entertained by that show. But I am curious to see what um, I'm, I'm curious to see what you know. Now that the league is, you know, now that the league will have a full year on him. Um, and it really just seems like he'd have to carry this team again next year. Uh, I don't know. You know, uh, there's just it seems like there's too many teams waiting right under him to. to I, I don't think they make the playoffs. I agree.
1: Yeah, I'm w- I'm with you, and I think that you know, there's definitely like the foundations there for the Grizzlies, but they need a lot more
0: still. Okay, I am gonna go with the defending Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat as our next team to talk about. Um, and I guess as with any defending champ of anything, maybe the first question is: Will they get back there this year? Will they get what? Will they get back to the to the NBA Finals? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I I thought they were going to be way
1: worse than they were last year, um, but you know, you've got a full year under the belts of Tyler Hero and and Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn and you know, another year of Jimmy Butler and Bam playing together. So I think they can get better. I just, I'm worried that like, especially with regards to like hero and Robinson, like that they played as well as they could have already.
0: Yeah. Also the other thing I want to point out is the loss of Jay Crowder. I don't want to understate that because he was an important part of their team. That didn't really replace him. Um, and this this team just feels very thin. You know, it felt that way going into finals last year, and then you know you saw Bam get got hurt, and that basically like took them out of any kind of opportunity there. I, I do like the like Avery Bradley gives them a little bit more kind of scoring depth from a kind of legitimate NBA rotation player. So um, it just you look at it's just like when he said, You look at this team, and I don't know. Like I think I think. I think we get like our Brooklyn Milwaukee NBA final or uh, Eastern Conference final next year, like like everyone's probably hoping for. And I I think the Heat were one hit wonders, but never count on Jimmy Baller on anything.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, bringing in Precious Achua is an interesting draft pick because he you know could be kind of one of those guys that's ready to play. Why did they give Myers Leonard twenty million dollars? Um. Yeah, I don't I don't know like. I, I think they've already I think they might have already peaked as a team. Uh yeah, I agree with you. All right. Last team out of the Western Conference. A team that has a lot of intrigue heading into this year. The Golden State Warriors. Um wow. returning Steph Curry, down Clay Thompson again, uh, who is sadly out with I believe an Achilles injury. Um you, you've got Draymond, you've got Andrew Wiggins hanging around. They draft James Wiseman. They true. They bring in Kelly Oubre, which I think is a is a bigger, bigger uh, deal than than people think. And they they get back to the playoffs, right? Assuming assuming health. Assuming health.
0: I I think so. <laughs> you hope so. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see what they get out of Wiseman.
1: Yeah, me too. Especially given that he's been held out of the. I think he had COVID and is was was out of most of their play of their preseason games, um, but yeah, I mean it's yeah
0: because yeah, it's a shame that that Clay's not going to be back, but I think it'll yeah. be fun to kind of see what what Steph can do with with the the cast of characters that he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it's just it's it's so like stuff is razor. I don't think they're like they're in the. They're in all the echelon of teams that are all kind of like similar down there. I, I think I give the notch to this team just on their experience. And, and, you know, Steph and all these guys, like they're going to be very, very motivated. But yes. when you when you just like remember that weight, like, I don't know, you just look at like some of their bench guys and you're like, wait. But I, I guess like the Kelly Oubre thing to me is what makes their playoff case like a little bit more solidified mm-hmm. than some of these other fringe Western Conference teams.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think what I was what I was, you know, the the next point I wanted to make is like, yeah, this team is super thin. Like most of these guys who were playing a lot last year, like Juan Toscano Anderson or Axel Tupon, even Brad Wanamaker, like they're not guys you want to have to rely on to get you to the playoffs. So, yeah, Steph's going to really have to have kind of the year of his life to uh to make to really kind of get them to the playoffs, I think.
0: But he's still as I say, he's still got he's got Ubrey, he's got Draymond. Yeah. You know, he's got Wiggins. Like he's not gonna have to do it on this one.
1: No, he won't,
0: but you know, at the end of the day it kind of falls on him. All right. Well last but not least, maybe the the best one that we could have possibly had to finish off on the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh probably the the biggest winner of any team this offseason, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you get a two-time MVP to resign in a, in a, you know, mid mid tier market, uh, that's great. It's great for, for your franchise. Um, yeah, I mean, they also, I mean just the colossal screw up of the Bogdanovich trade that didn't happen is also worth mentioning, but I don't know. They brought in a bunch of guys that, that will help this team right away. Um, You know, they obviously they lose, um, they lose George Hill, but they bring in, um, DJ Augustine, Dante DiVincenzo should, should kind of settle down a little bit, um, and, and make an impact. You've got Drew Holiday. Uh, oh, they have Bobby Portis. I didn't know that. Um, they, what else did they do? Oh, they, they, and then actually in through the draft, they bring in, uh, Jordan Wara and Sam Merrill, two really good second round picks. They have Tory Craig, you know, it's, it's a, that's a pretty solid off season, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's really drew holiday that like, that's the, yeah. uh, he's gonna he's more comfortable in a secondary role like this, you know, he gives them some shooting um, and, and maybe better force spacing, probably going to screw up less than Bledsoe uh, yeah. So did he's like an upgrade there. Yeah, you know, Divincenzo, you hope that he keeps kind of ascending, um, and yeah, you know, Middleton's obviously the perfect uh, Robin to Giannis's Batman, and so yeah, I think like now, all right, now it's time to go. You know, let's like you're gonna have you maybe gonna have a tougher route this year trying to get through Brooklyn, maybe a better Philly team, um, but uh, this this is it for Milwaukee. You gotta gotta get to the finals this year. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. All right. Well, those are those are all the teams. We appreciate you hanging with us um, through all this, but we know that you're now ready to have those those difficult holiday conversations with your family about the NBA that won't ever come up. So feel free to to y- take credit for uh, for our information, or, or don't. No, wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, No, 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 no! Credit the podcast, please. <laughs>
0: all right. Uh, all right. I guess uh, <laughs> there's no there's no holiday love from Brett. He wants. No hey, Steve. There's no such thing as a free lunch. That is true. I, of all people, would probably support that notion more than anyone's. Uh, But anyway, we appreciate you joining us today. Hope you all have a happy and and safe holiday. And we hope that you're all super excited for the NBA to get started uh, here soon.
1: Yep. Uh, Steve, have a good holiday. Enjoy your Chipotle. And uh, we'll see you in 2021.